What is good, all of our listeners and viewers? Welcome back to another episode of Games and Groceries. My name is Adam. And I'm Liz. And I'm evidently hard to listen to. Woo! <laughs> we're here with episode 118, where we're going to be talking about the ripple effect of the Life is Strange series with Day and Hutton. But first, we've got some segments for you. Yes, we do. Yep. Hi, Lizzie. Hi. How you doing? I'm good. I got out of work early today. You did? It was nice. Yeah. My legs hurt. I'm sorry. Ow! Yeah, that, that's how <laughs> I say. Yeah, so uh, evidently I am very hard to listen to because I'm a wacky. Wacky. I don't know. It's just, here's the thing. I'm not even trying to put on a show. Like, this is literally how I act off camera. Yes. And you can <laughs> you can attest to that. Yes. Um, I will try to pull in. Like, would like. We have home videos of him acting like this. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> I will try to pull back the wackiness, evidently. I do want to craft this podcast mm-hmm. uh, into something that some people enjoy. But, yeah, you know, it's all it's all improvements. But, yeah. you know, wacky. Anyways, <laughs> uh, thanks for coming to this episode. By the way, if you want to fast forward to Day and Hutton's part... Uh, we have different segments for you, but if you want just to, to, to go ahead to Day and Hud, now we, we've got some timestamps uh, for you in the description down below, whether you're listening to audio or a video, because this is the American podcast. Do with it how you want. It is what it is. But uh, let's roll into some business news. Uh, we got social media accounts. We do. Yeah. We're on Twitter at Gaming Groceries, where you can follow us individually. I'm at Ace the Grocer. And I'm at Journey First. You can follow us individually there. And then you can follow us on Instagram, Games and Groceries, all one word where you can see behind the scenes, behind the scenes photos, uh, some wacky photos that I'll share, as well as some questions I'll ask about the podcast, both on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to be in on a discussion, I've got some questions on there. You, you can be a part of it. Uh, check us out on Facebook. Uh, we got a website gamesgroceries.com where you can listen to all the podcasts from the website as well as you can find out where you can listen to the audio versions of the podcast Woo, you did it! I did it as well as some articles I've written in the past and finally if you're here, if you're here on YouTube how you doing? You're doing great? Awesome uh, definitely consider hitting that subscribe button and notification bell so you know when all these podcasts come out if you're just like hey when do these podcasts come out? Well, if you hit the subscribe button, you'll always know. You'll be in the inner circle mm-hmm. of games and groceries. So, and uh, definitely consider leaving us a review, uh, whether you're on iTunes or on Podchaser. Podchaser link down in the description down below. And with all that garbage out of the way, we can get started with our show. What do you think? I think we're ready. Welcome to Games and Groceries. Games and Groceries, everybody. <laughs> Let's just get started with our. First segment, Movie Minutes. Movie Minutes is a segment that we talk about the movies that we watched in the past week, whether it be on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, ah, not really in theaters, just this point, and we like to review it and give you a recommendation or not a recommendation, and hey, it's Spooktober! We're going to be reviewing all the spooky movies that we can find. Uh, this week's movie isn't spooky. We made a mistake. Thought they it was spooky. Us. Uh, but whatever. Uh, so here on Games of Groceries, they have a five-point system of rating a movie. It's uh, five points starting at uh, avoid at all costs, eh, pass, enjoyable, solid, and perfect for us. Mm-hmm. So this week's movie can be found. Uh, movie minutes can be found at Netflix. It's called The, the Devil All Time. Woo-hoo! 
starring Tom Holland and Robert Pattinson and Bill Skarsgård and uh, Douglas, Douglas, oh, Douglas shoot. someone and a bunch of other people. Yeah, a, a big cast here. Yeah. Huge cast. So uh, we thought this would be a spookier movie uh, because I, I thought there the would be a lot. trailers looked creepy. I thought it would be more creepy, but it is what it is. So we're starting Spooktober in a dumb light, but here we are. Well, we watch it on the first day of October, so you got to ease your way into the yeah. spook. Spook. Next week, I'll try and get something scarier for Spooktober. us. Spooktober. So, let's get started. Go. Um. Well, mm-hmm. uh, opening say, I, I'm like trying to like think of the words. We were a little disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Because mm-hmm. the whole, because I, like I said, we thought this was going to be like a creepy movie. Not even scary, just creepy. Yeah. So the whole time, like for the first hour, I was like waiting mm-hmm. for the creepy thing to happen. And then I was like, I don't, I don't think this is supposed to be a creepy movie. I think we were highly mistaken. And yeah. then we watched another review and we were done and they were calling it a tragedy. I'm like, oh. yeah, it's a tragedy film because I, I, we went to this movie kind of blind. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I thought it would be more spiritual. I thought this movie would be more creepy. I thought there would be more spiritual presence in like the yeah. devil all the time. I thought the devil would be yeah. more present. Um, I think it just meant like the devil was present in their life. It, yeah, I think that was it. Yeah. But let's get started with my first note. Now, this movie. Now, the reason why I thought this was a horror going into it, mm-hmm. dead on. Within the first twenty minutes, this guy, this guy is a huge fan of Stanley Kubrick. Mm-hmm. It's heavily inspired from Stanley Kubrick films. If you if you're familiar with Stanley Kubrick, you know he directed um, Clockwork Orange. Uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey, and, you know, why well, I thought this would be a creepy movie, The Shining. Yeah. Which uh, Stephen King did not enjoy, but it is what it is. Neither did I. Uh, you did not enjoy. Now, you were you not a big Stanley Kubrick fan. No. That's I why mean, I've, I've never, never showed you. I've never seen his other movies, but I saw The Shining, and I was extremely disappointed. Well, that's why I didn't show you 2001 A Space Odyssey, yeah. because that, that movie I absolutely love. Uh, Clockwork Orange. Just, eh. Yeah, but he's directed many more films yeah. than that. But those are the big, like those are the big hitters gotcha. for Stanley Kubrick. Uh, argue with me. I'm at Ace of Gross on Twitter. Uh, but this movie is definitely inspired with that, with mm-hmm. uh, with the narratives in the beginning. Uh, it's an older style of creepy. It's just trying to put you at an uneasy state, right? Yeah. And, and that's the way Stanley Kubrick it, did he, it. He wants you to wait for the next thing to happen. It's a slow burn. Yeah. That's what it is. Which it's, is why it's extremely long. Yeah. It's a, it's a two hour and 18 minute film. Uh, and that's why I thought this would be more of a Stanley Kubrick style horror movie where mm-hmm. it's just, it's just an uneasy, like, ah, like scripting you, like what's going to happen here. Um, if it was supposed to be that, then it was worse than the shining. Well, let, let's let let's, 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 let's anyway. Second point, <laughs> uh, and that's the thing. You go into this movie and you're just a little disappointed because you think it's a Stanley Kubrick style, but we'll we'll move, we'll move forward here. Yeah. Now there are some superb performances. Yes, by no means is this bad acting or even a bad story. I want to say Robert Pattinson's performance was just phenomenal. Yeah, anybody that says Robert Pattinson is a bad actor and they only think of Twilight. Needs yeah. to watch Good Time. You need to watch The Rover. You need to watch pretty much anything else that he's in. You need to watch this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like They actually had a lot of English actors. Yeah, Tom Holland's British. Playing, playing Southern American. Yeah. <laughs> in it, the 60s and 50s. 
Yeah, this is in the uh, yeah 50s and 60s. It's it's based on a church cult. Uh, by the way, one thing. Um, you know, uh, both Christians here. Hi. Uh, if you're a Christian, you're like, why do they make creepy movies about Christians? Well, stop being creepy Christians, and maybe we won't get uh, this kind of limelight. Anyways, uh, but yeah. absolutely fantastic performances from Tom Holland, especially, mm -hmm. really especially Robert Pattinson, had yeah. fantastic performance. Bill Skarsgård, of course, yeah. you, you can't go wrong with him. Oh, the kid who played um, the cousin in Harry Potter, Dudley. I don't remember. Oh, Dudley. I don't, I don't know his real name. Yeah. Sorry. He's in it. Actually, I think his real name is Harry. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I think his name is Harry something. Anyways, but... Whatever. Here's the thing, though, about the performances. Nothing really seems to have a purpose. And that's yeah. the most frustrating part, is that every person has a great performance in this movie, but nobody really seems to have, like, a divine purpose here. Yeah. Like, everybody could be expendable. Yeah. Nobody's really there. I'm, like, gripping on my feet to these mm -hmm. characters, because I'm not really invested in them yeah but they're so well performed yes it's such a shame like it's mostly the plot that's the problem the story is a decent story the acting yeah. is amazing the writing is great it's just the point it's, of the it's story. the well it's the way it's executed yes and, and the thing is like all these stories kind of tie together very well yes like i said the performances you can believe in the characters it's just yeah. that the plot doesn't execute well. Yeah. And then you don't really care about the story. Nia. And, and this is my yeah. last point. At the end, nothing felt closed, even though all the ties, like all the loose ends were tied up. Mm -hmm. You know, like it just made you feel dissatisfied. That's the best way I can put this yeah. movie. It left me dissatisfied. Picture one of those Facebook, like <laughs> Facebook, uh, those Facebook videos are like, oh, satisfying videos. And it's just like a sharp knife going through cheddar and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, I feel satisfied. Now picture that, but like the opposite. <laughs> but like the knife never completes the cut. That's what it feels <laughs> like. Like it's the, those satisfying videos, but it's like a troll video. And that's what I mean. It, you feel dissatisfied. Like yeah. everything ties up. And it does the job, but you're just left. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just jump into our final ratings in our five point system. Uh, what did you give it? Go. I gave it a pass. Like I said, it mm -hmm. wasn't horrible. I just, one, I was deceived in what it was actually, what yeah. genre it was. Um, I don't know if that's my fault or Netflix fault. Mm -hmm. I'm going to blame it on Netflix. Okay. <laughs> just because it's easier. Um, yeah. But it was, I felt like it was too long. Yeah. Like I felt like, yes, they had a good story, but I felt like it could have been shorter. They could have cut a couple things out here and there Yeah. to make it closer to like under two hours, mm -hmm. like an hour 45 or something. Yeah. Um, but that was like my big thing was how long it was. And it just, it, it, it became very predictable. It did. Like, after a while, after you a just... while, you're like, all right, so he's going to do that. And then this is okay. Yeah, that's gonna happen. Okay. And then it's like once you see the beginning of the scene or the beginning of the like the setup, yeah. It's like, oh, so this is gonna happen. And that's why I still think it's inspired by Stanley Kubrick. This dude loves Stanley Kubrick. But the the thing about Stanley, uh, I go by first name with Mr. Stan. I go by Stan. Um <laughs> but like uh Stanley Kubrick films, they just you know what's gonna happen. 
but not in a way where it's predictable. Yeah. You you're you're just you're just rooting for these characters. Where in this one, it's just predictable for the sake of predictability. Mm-hmm. Um, but that brings me to mine, and uh, it's it's also a pass from me. Yeah. It's in between avoided all costs, which. It's fine. I like the performances. Yeah. And then it's not enjoyable either. I just give it like it's past. Just yeah. if, if, like you're, if you're really interested in it, go for it. But we're just saying like you're past. But it's not something you don't need to spend. You don't need to waste two hours watching this. Exactly. So uh, but that's our review of The Devil All the Time. It's on Netflix. If you want to check it out for yourself, go for it. Uh, we just don't recommend it. Yeah. Only because it leaves you dissatisfied. But if you know what you're going into, maybe you will be less dissatisfied, but this who knows? Uh, but yeah, that's our first segment. It's yeah. time to talk about video game news, don't you video think? Video games. Video Crazy. Games. Let's just get started with our second segment. Top three gaming news. The top three gaming news is the gaming news that we saw in the past week, and we like to rank it three, two, one, just to give you a condensed version of what's going on in the gaming industry. I won't I won't do the business twins. This is a less wacky Adam. Good job. Business no. twins. Okay. We got to go. Uh, uh, we got to go. Okay. So, let's just uh <laughs> let's just jump into the number 3 gaming news. Again, this is top 3 gaming news. Uh this isn't the top game 3 top 3. You know it's what, what we think is the top 3 gaming news. Exactly. So, let's just get started with our number 3 gaming news and it's about EA Woo-hoo. and children. Ew, gross. I don't know. Uh, it's late. So <laughs> uh, so this is about EA. And uh, apparently EA pulled an advertisement away from children. What was the advertisement about? The use of microtransactions. Huh. Oh, no. They're so, going to be in a lot of trouble. Uh, they certainly are from Twitter users and Reddit users and nobody else. Now. EA has pulled this advertisement, and a Twitter user by the name of EA FIFA Fails, I believe it was. I might be getting that wrong, but the article is linked down below if you want to check it out. Uh, the issue of this Smith's Toy magazine, and I believe it's based in the UK. I'm not entirely mm. sure. Uh, somebody saw this page right here, and I have it up right here on the screen. And create your ultimate team. And step two, use FIFA points to open packs. FIFA points being real world money. Yeah. FIFA points. Yeah. And so it's building your ultimate team using the micro transactions. Hmm. And that was in a children's toy magazine targeted towards children. And people flipped out. Rightfully so. Now, they've, uh, EA got caught. They said, oops. Now, I did look on Twitter. Oh, yeah. It sounds like just an oops. Yeah, really. Um, now I did look on Twitter and a lot of people were pointing out like they've done this before and they showed magazines from like two years past and this is just the first time they're getting caught in this magazine. Yeah. Well, I think it's that microtransactions are more present. Like people are looking out for them. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the thing. Uh, so I want to read this quote from, from EA. It's, it's, uh, in the article linked down below. Uh, but in, uh, EA says in spite of this. We're a rare, (laughs) rare, my goodness. Uh, Let me start this over. In spite of this, we're aware that advertising for FIFA points has appeared in environments it shouldn't have. 
We have been working diligently with Smith's to ensure that the advertisement is not distributed in any remaining copies of their 2020 catalog. We have also undertaken an immediate review of all future media placements and are working to ensure that each of our marketing efforts better reflects the responsibility we take for the experience of our younger players. Okay. That sounds all nice and sweet and mm, all good inside. Uh, okay, so I don't really like to curse much on the podcast, but you know damn well what you did. Yeah. Yeah. Like, seriously, come on. I'm surprised this didn't accidentally get in the Christmas catalog. Like, really? Uh, honestly, it's just um, you knew what you did. Like, you honestly knew what you did. You you yeah. know what advertise. And here's the thing. EA, you're such a big company. And you could say that, oh, EA, you're it's such a massive company that they made an oopsie somewhere. But they've done this for years and yeah. years and years. And you have to deal it because you're a big company. They've already had to deal with the government over this matter. Yeah, like, they had to be called into court. Like in you parliament. Don't, you don't accidentally put this in there when you're being sued by the government. By parliament. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's just like you're such a big company that you could say, oh, we made an oops. But you're such a big company that you shouldn't make this kind of oops. Yeah. This is kind of one of those things that like, oh, wait, we're about to send an advertisement to a children's magazine. And somebody who's in marketing and in the marketing department should have been aware of this. Yeah. And this isn't just an oopsie. And then yeah. they say like, oh, well, we take responsibility. They damn well better take responsibility. Yeah. Holy crap. In big companies, do you know how many people something has to go like something has to go through to get approved? Like <sighs> you all approved it. Stop playing stupid. I'm sorry for cursing everybody. I I don't mean it. We forgive you. Thank you. Um, but that's the number three gaming news. Enough about that. I yeah. I need to. It's not that I'm like pissed about it personally. It's I'm pissed about their statement. Like like they're just playing dumb. They they are uh, honestly are. It's like stop it. Stop. You knew what you were doing. Yeah. Stop. Anyways, uh, but that's uh, number three gaming news. Uh, talking yeah. about, you know, advertising to children with microtransactions. Oh, boy. Smart move. So, number two gaming news. It's about Cyberpunk 2077 and how, uh, you know, City Project Red is the best company ever. Woohoo! Uh, except they broke their promise about crunch. Oh, mm. boy. So here's the thing about crunch in the video game industry. Uh, I know exactly what I'm talking about because I've worked in the gaming industry. Blah, blah, blah. No, I haven't. Anyways, uh, but crunch is uh, it, it's part of the culture of video game, uh, the video game industry. It's mm -hmm. not supposed to be just like a lot of social issues that are going on today. Oh, it's just part of it. And it shouldn't be from yeah. our social standpoint. But it, the thing about crunch is that you get closer to the release date and the game is still not finished. Sometimes you got to put in the hours and just put in that crunch. Mm -hmm. And it sucks because us gamers, we need to have our video games, no more delays. And those um, investors, those backers want to get their money back. So there's mm -hmm. not a lot of time to get their video game out. So I get that. But CD Projekt Red uh, said that they will do their very best to avoid crunch at all costs. They're not going to do a crunch on Cyberpunk 2077. And Jason Schreier pointed this out. Now, Jason Schreier also pointed out that an email was sent to, out to all the staff saying, oh, oh, sorry, uh, mandatory six-day work weeks. Mandatory. So let me read this email. It's a uh, link down below. It's the Bloomberg article. Uh, so the email says from Adam uh, 
Budkowski. Oh man, did I say that? Yeah, Budowski. Sorry, Budowski. Uh, but saying this, starting today, the entire development studio is in overdrive. Uh, your typical amount of work and one day of the weekend. The extra work would be paid as required by the Polish labor laws. Many other video game studios don't pay for overtime. Oh, good for you. Uh, he also says, I take it upon myself to receive the full backlash for this decision. I know this is in direct opposition of what we've said about the crunch. It's also in direct opposition uh, to what I personally grew to believe a while back. That crunch should never be the answer. Uh, but we've extended all of the possible means of navigating the situation. So, okay. So props to Adam Badowski. And he's also come out and said, he's also replied to these articles that are coming out saying, this is the hardest decision I've ever had to make. I didn't want to make decision. Mm -hmm. And like he said, a lot of companies won't pay for this. He says, uh, the extra work will be paid. Many other video game studios don't pay for it over time. So he's making sure that they're compensated. He's not yeah. wanting to. But here's the thing. To try to avoid backlash like this. And here's the thing. To avoid crunch, you're going to fail. Yeah. Because our greedy gamer brains want this video game. Well, not only that. Like when you said investors, that made me think like he's kind of in a lose-lose situation. He yeah. either delays the game again yeah. and gets investors incredibly angry as yeah. well as customers. Yeah. Or he does this and he gets backlash from customers mm -hmm. and his employees. Yeah. So either way, he's going to get backlash because he's making someone upset. Exactly. And, and unfortunately, the investors are the most important part. Mm -hmm. They can't continue making it if the investors stop investing. And the investors will probably stop, lose a little hope if they can't seem to produce the game. Yeah, right on. And and that's the thing. I, I feel bad for Adam Batowski, mm -hmm. not only because we shared the same first name, but, uh, but also you can tell that he didn't want to do this. Yeah. And I'm trying not to fault him too much because, one, I have no stake in the company. Why yeah. should I fault him? Because I'm on the outside. I'm on, I'm not even the same country as this guy. Yeah. Uh, but you know, th this, this comes from a heavy heart. Yeah. And I feel bad for the development team. I feel bad for Adam Batowski. I feel bad for CD Projekt Red because they have to put on this image and everybody's just saying, Oh, but Oh, it's a double standard because everybody thinks that what they did was right. But EA, when they put to the grunge, but that's a different situation because EA, EA, in Activision, especially when they do a crunch, they're just they're just trying to do it, you know, uh, for investor stakes, and the mm -hmm. management doesn't really do anything in the crunch. But it seems like CD Projekt Red is one compensating for the time, yeah. Two, with a heavy heart doing it, yeah. And three, doing it in a couple months, and and four, it's only one weekend. I'm not trying to say that. Oh, it's only one weekend. But it's one weekend, like one weekend day. They could have done a seven day work week, but that's a thing. Uh, it could have been a lot worse. I feel bad for the whole development team, and I hope Cyberpunk sells well. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it is what it is. I always feel like I would rather see the company have to hire more people Yeah. than making people work mm -hmm. on the weekends or extra days or extra hours. Because you know it's not just the one weekend day. You know they're probably working over mm -hmm. eight hours a day. Yeah. You know, so it's just those things where it's like, couldn't you have hired more people? Yeah. To get this done mm -hmm. rather than making the people that are there work even more. You yeah. know, it's it just 
it's unfortunate that they're going to have to work six day work weeks until the day, until this game comes out. It's very unfortunate. Um, now let's, how about we just move on to our number one gaming news because, okay, you know, we're running out of time and I won't say too much about this because, uh, I'll say why in a second. Uh, but Ubisoft's, uh, Yves Gamal has actually come out with the numbers about the abuse uh, things going on in yeah. the company. He's actually run some polls and he's gotten back some results, numbers, and he sent it in a company-wide email. Uh, and the company-wide email has been surprising. And he shared the numbers, the statistics with all the staff at Ubisoft about the uh, misconduct uh, allegations. So I'm going to read this entire quote and let's just get into it. So uh, the final the final news piece we're going to read is uh, this statement from the letter from Yves Gimol saying, in a letter which Ubisoft shared with GameSpot, Gimol refer, uh, references in an independent study that garnered nearly 14,000 replies from staff and said that an audit consisted of 100 interviews and 40 focus groups. The findings suggested that 25% of employees experienced or witnessed some form of workplace misconduct over the last two years. 25% did. Minority groups were dis- disproportionately, um, I butchered disproportionately. that. Thank you. Affected. Women experienced harassment 30% more than men. And non-binary employees experienced it 43% more than men. Finally, only 66% of respondents who reported an incident felt that they uh, received support from management. So I'm not going to say too much from this because I'm actually going to do the next coffee games mm-hmm. on this topic. Because I've already done two Ubisoft videos. I might as well do this one. <laughs> this is true. So I won't say too much. So I'll leave it for the video. But uh, Liz, what, what, what are your thoughts on this? I think it's unfortunate, but I do like that he is handling it because I remember when the original news came out Mm -hmm. about everything, we were wondering what they're going to do about it. And so it's nice to see that he it looks like he's been spending most of their work days Mm -hmm. instead of like doing projects and stuff like I'm sure they're still doing projects. But he is taking time out of work days to conduct studies and making sure that everyone's voice is finally heard yeah 100 so, interviews and 40 focus groups that's that's, that's a lot that's something so, to stuff at yeah so I, i'm i'm just happy to hear that they're trying mm-hmm. and they're working on it and hopefully it all comes out on the better end yeah i've got a lot to say about this and including the letter i've got a lot to say about that mm-hmm. uh i'm gonna save my thoughts for the video uh, because I could be spending all night on this, yeah. but we've got a guest coming on pretty we soon. Do. So definitely look forward to that. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't, if you want to see uh, the next Coffee Games video where I'll be discussing this more into more detail. But uh, And I know the, the news will be a week old at that point, but you know what? It's my channel. I do what I want. Our channel. My channel. Okay, our channel. I'm sorry. And Floki's channel. Anyways. Yes. Uh, so that's the top three gaming news. Uh, number three, EA pulls an advertisement from a children's magazine. Should they be forgiven? Would you like to kiss them on the forehead? Uh, would you like to not do that? Write your thoughts in the comments down below. CD Projekt Red enforcing a mandatory uh, crunch time, but you know, compensated. Do you think this is a good idea? Is it a bad look for CD Projekt Red? Write your thoughts in the comments down below. And Yves Gimmo, this letter that I sent out, is it a good sign? Is it a bad sign? Is it stupid? I don't know. Write your thoughts all in the comments down below. 
But with all that said and done, let's bring in our guest. We're going to bring on Kate Marsh herself, also known as Dan Hutton. Yes. Who's a fantastic actress, fantastic Twitch streamer. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited to talk about the ripple effect of Don't Nod with our next segment with our special guest, Dan Hutton. All right, everybody, we are back with our very special guest, the other queen of Twitch, not just Katie Benz. Don't listen to my words over here. It's Dan Hutton. Woo! Yay, thanks for having me back, guys. Oh, I don't know about yeah. a queen, though. Maybe oh. I'm like a, I'm the hot dog of Twitch. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, when Katie Benz was on here, we just said she's the queen of Twitch. And she's like, oh, no, me and Dayan are both the queens. So you are now the... Uh, <laughs> oh, that was nice of her. <laughs> Co-queens. Co-queens of Twitch. But queens. I don't know. I don't feel very queenly. I feel more like the, uh, the like court jester <laughs> baby. i'll take that i'll respect it yeah I mean, you know not everybody can be royalty some of us need to be jesters and i yeah and i fit that role yeah but here dan. it is uh <laughs> dan we want to have you back on the show because one you're such a pleasure to have on mm -hmm. you're, you're such a good person and you're so funny Thank you. uh by the way her twitch account will be linked down below Abraham Lincoln. It's so fun. She's playing Mass Effect. Are you still playing Mass Effect? Mass Effect Monday? I am. I just finished uh, the first one the yeah. other day and I moved on to Mass Effect 2. With Kate. And yes. And <laughs> I'm continuing my Mass Effect Monday through October, even though usually October is just scary games. But yeah. it's kind of scary. It's not really. <laughs> I don't know. It's got some <laughs> scary parts, but. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, no, like, uh, fantastic. I love your hype train emoji. Uh, just the energy you bring to your streams is just fantastic. But even though <laughs> I can't you. always make it, you know, if I do make it to a Twitch stream, Abraham yeah. Lincoln. But Hey, listen, I appreciate everyone who makes it whenever they can. Some people come in and they're like, I'm so sorry. I haven't been here. And I'm like, hey, it's cool. We all have lives. Like, yeah, please don't i'm not mm -hmm. thinking badly of you i get excited actually when people who've been gone for a really long time come back i'm like oh my god it's so good to see you that so. that's why it's good to be <laughs> yeah. subscribed to dan yeah. just just go ahead and do it it's in the description <laughs> down below uh let's just get started with our uh topic because mm -hmm. the other reason why i wanted to have you on because you played a very important character is to everybody's heart kate mm -hmm. marsh on life is strange and uh, and also sure. Alyssa. Alyssa is very your important. Personal favorite. It's my personal favorite <laughs> because I like to rewind the football to hit her in the head every now and again. But oh, and every other torture Alyssa. that happens to her. <laughs> poor Alyssa. I hate playing with you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, I want to talk about the ripple effect happening yes. with Don't Nod, but especially with the Life is Strange series. And I want to get the topic rolling here to us personally here at this table, including uh, TV Fox Dan right here. <laughs> uh, but how has Life is Strange and Don't Nod affected us personally, right? Mm. And I want to start with our guests because I, I feel like Life is Strange has affected you very personally. Mm. So, yeah. Dan, let's start with you. Yeah, that is a... Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they changed my life and I'm not even being hyperbolic or hyperbolic. There we go. Yeah. Hyperbolic about it. Like if I hadn't been on this game, I would have never been on Twitch, which is now my career, which is now like 
so much of my life, which supplements my acting career and keeps me like going between acting jobs, like absolutely changed my life. Mm -hmm. Um, Just getting me to be a part of this franchise. And then, you know, as a result of that, being a part of the community and having the supportive community. And um, Mm. I absolutely would not be here today without Don't Nod and Life is Strange and having been a part of it. Man. And awesome. it's crazy, like the the road you took until mm-hmm. there, and the effect you took, uh, and just uh the performance of your character, it's mm-hmm. it's incredible. But yeah, I mean, uh, Life is Strange personally, um, uh, Liz, what about you? I mean, Life is Strange was what got me in the video games. Yeah, I don't think you would have been able to have this podcast with me mm-hmm. if I didn't play Life is Strange. Yeah. Or if I didn't first I didn't play it. I watched PewDiePie play it. Yeah. That was my <laughs> first experience with it. And then I was like, I don't like his choices. Can I play? <laughs> like I want to do I other things. Myself, please. Yes. Because he uh he actually did not save you. I'm sorry off the roof. I'm not shocked that PewDiePie did not save me. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't pay attention like to no. anything. And no, it drives me crazy. No. He's like, what am I doing? I'm like, she told you three times what you're doing. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? What are you doing? <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, so this, so Life is Strange got me into video games as a whole. I mean, I don't count really Sims because that was like the only video game I played. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a different yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, like, this is what got me into, like, the community and showed me that video games aren't just, like, shooting mm-hmm. games and, like, Halo-type stuff. It's, like, yeah. it could be a story and it can be chill and has nothing to do with your ability at playing video games. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it, it impacted because, like I said, otherwise I don't think you would have even asked me to do this podcast with you. Yeah. And that, that's the thing. The Life is Strange changed my life because it got us into video games together, mm-hmm. you know, as a married couple. And that was fantastic. But Life is Strange affected me personally only because I, I saw previews of it. And I'm just like, ah, it's a game about a quirky teenage girl in a high school. And it's it's uh, I'm not only really... reminds you slightly of your wife. Only slightly. But <laughs> I think after playing just 30 minutes of the first yeah. episode. I just it changed my life to see that how can video game stories mm-hmm. be told differently, and of course Telltale did it too. Like th- I think Telltale yeah. did it before. Yeah. They're such they're they're yeah they're such different. Like because I've played some Telltale games now, though just the style is so different. It is because like Telltale still has that kind of comic book vibe. I was just about almost to say like a graphic novel that you're playing through. Mm-hmm. Um. So it kind of just, it just, immer- I well, I don't know. Walking Dead is still pretty immersive, but more relatable maybe because there's like a more realistic kind of feel to it. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is that I feel it's more comic book, graphic novel because yeah. like, Walk, Walking Dead has some real issues in it, but not in the way that Life is but Strange does. But the plot point yeah. of yeah. Walking Dead mm-hmm. is not realistic. It's not something that everyday person is afraid like worried about happening yeah whereas life is strange like other than the rewind powers apparently yeah like clearly but like the big main problems are things that people face every day i think just episode Mm. two just the end of episode two where you had to save kate off of a roof Mm -hmm. had yes that's right yeah had (laughs) no choice people you have no choice (laughs) <laughs> it, it, yeah, like really, if you don't save her, and that's the thing, it, it just it did not hold back. It had yeah. you so invested into Kate, and it even just with two episodes, yeah, 
just within four hours, you're feeling for Kate mm -hmm. and you know exactly why she's on that roof, why she thinks this is the only way out. Mm -hmm. You get to read the postcard from her from her dad. Mm -hmm. and, and it just Donut did not hold back. And it just made me realize that stories can be this way yeah. in video games and it can be accepted and not yeah. only accepted, but uh, executed mm -hmm. extremely well. And I, and I think it affected us personally so much in that way. And, and I'm just talking about the three people at this table. Yeah. Even though Dan's a TV box. But, you know, that's She's beyond the table. Here in, they're in spirit at the table. You are there yeah. in spirit on, on the West Coast. But we're over here in the Beast Coast, you know. No. <laughs> no, no. Don't do that. Okay. Uh, but now we're just talking about the three of us. Now, I want to talk about the community now, right? Mm -hmm. And what surprises me is that Life is Strange built this phenomenal yeah. community. It's it's not just a now now before I move forward, I do want to ask this. Do you feel like Life is Strange is a cult classic or it's more than that? It can't be a cult classic. It definitely it definitely dips its toes, I feel like, into mm -hmm. cult classic I mean. world. Yeah. But it is so much more widespread. Like mm -hmm. a lot of people, even if they haven't played it, know about it. And yeah. like maybe want to play it and maybe that's also like i think good on the marketing team because so yeah often you know like the first episode was free for so long and so yeah. a lot of people just grabbed it or like they have sales all the time and so yeah. people just grab it and then they get to it and um there are cult classic vibes i feel with it mm -hmm. and i think and i think almost it's like maybe a better way to describe it is like as a whole it's mm -hmm. pretty mainstream at this point but there is a very dedicated section of the community that mm. is much more like cult classic vibes. Like, yeah, which like they, they're the same people that like there's so many in my stream who I love it and they will watch anyone play the game. They love watching new people play it. They've watched it a million times. They want to watch new people experience it. And for me, that's a lot like, you know. Rocky Horror Picture fans going to live mm -hmm. shows and yeah. dressing up, you know, it's yeah. like a similar, similar kind of thing. Like, mm -hmm. so definitely it's hit mainstream, but there is a section of the community that's really taken it to another level in a really yeah. good way. And yeah. that's what I mean is that there's so many, like you said, there's one section, but there's so many other sections of this mm -hmm. that when I say that, is it a cult classic? Like what you said, it kind of toes the line because there are definitely sections where it takes yeah. itself to a cult classic. We even had on in the last episode of the Tell Me Why episodes, uh, Mike Keddy, who co-founded a Life is Strange fan club yeah. that's so widespread. And I that's the question I do want to ask. How do we feel that Don't Nod and Life is Strange community, how do you think they felt in developing this community? Uh, and Dayan, that that's the other reason why I would bring you on is I feel like you're an expert on this uh, with you and <laughs> <laughs> one of one of many experts. But you, you are part of the community. And not only that, but you've built a community on Twitch and mm -hmm. you're mm -hmm. within that life is strange, um, as are we. But not like you, the the queen of the community, I would like to say. Um, but how do you feel at Don't Nod in, yeah. in developing this uh, community? How do you think they did? I don't think any developer of a game or a show or anything can ever know the mm. community that will grow out of what they mm -hmm. create. Yeah. I think it's a testament to how honest and true and good and just 
uh, pure the intentions of the developers were mm -hmm. that this community grew up around it because um, I think that's something that people really feel with the game, even if they don't realize it, like yeah. they're feeling the honest, raw passion of these devs and that led them to create something beautiful, which then leads people to connect to it in this other beautiful way. So mm -hmm. um, I, I don't think that the devs had any idea. I mean, yeah. actually, I feel like I kind of know because when I went in to record after the second um, episode had released, because we recorded, we were like recording while things were releasing still. Mm. Um, and like they told me the scene in the hospital they had written, but they weren't sure if they were going to put it in because they were like, I don't know, like she, really? not everyone will save her. Do we need this? But the fan reaction to Kate was so strong. They were like, I guess we're putting you in again because they will murder us if we don't. Oh, no. <laughs> so, not murder, but like they will yeah. be upset if they don't get to see her well after yeah. saving her. Yeah. So I think they, we were all, I mean, we were, we were all so surprised by how well this, this small little game. Yeah. I mean, it was released by Square Enix, but don't not as such a an indie, was an indie small studio at the time. Mm -hmm. yeah. So they had no idea what to expect. And I think we were all, over the moon pleasantly surprised mm -hmm. by it all <laughs> yeah and i want i want to bring it back to you because uh when you when you said that uh they weren't sure to bring you back in for the hospital scene right uh mm -hmm. how surprised were you personally dan hutton of abraham lincoln <laughs> uh how surprised were you of the fan reactions to your character and how has it rippled effect into your community um I mean, I definitely was surprised because I went in with zero expectations, you know, mm. like it was a new game. Like I didn't know who don't, I didn't know anything about games at the time. Like, you know, I didn't yeah. know who Square mm -hmm. Enix was at the time um, and everything's so secretive and all this. And I was just like, I've got a video game coming out. I hope it does well. Um, I fortunately, and like, I'm lucky about that. This has happened was, uh, before I did Life is Strange, I was in a kind of cult classic cult classic web series that mm. was a modern adaptation of Emma and called Emma mm. Approved. And, and that had gotten a lot of um, the, the creators had done one about the Pride and Prejudice previously called the Lizzie Bennett Diaries, and it had blown up. It was like lightning in a bottle. YouTube like blew up, loved it. And so we were in the second one. So mm. It had a fan base. And so I had, I was prepared, I guess. Like yeah. I, mm -hmm. you, that they had, that, that was a fan base that, you know, like my Twitter blew up after that started airing. And like, I, I was used to being on the internet and responding to fans of my work. Mm -hmm. And so it was actually wild to me that right after this web series I did, I booked another role where an even more passionate, an extensive fandom came and took this other character I didn't mm -hmm. like and, and, and held her so close to their hearts. Um, yeah. So I was prepared, but not ready and expecting it. If mm -hmm. that makes any sense. That like I knew sense. how to deal with it, but I wasn't, you were I was very surprised it. by it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah, I feel like you and 
Uh, I was gonna say oddly enough, but Steph had a uh, had a good role in Before the Storm. But I feel like yeah. you and the character of Steph Gingrich just had this massive uh fan take on on mm-hmm. like um uh the reality of life, right? And I yeah. feel like they attached a lot to Kate um Kate March. I was about to say Katie March. I don't know why. Maybe because <laughs> I was thinking of Katie, Katie Benz, Benz because yeah. of Steph Gingrich, blah blah blah. But I feel like they they saw Kate Marsh. Mm-hmm. as a victim of bullying right yeah and and i yeah. said this before the the community of gaming right in yeah. the, back in the old days of 2002 uh you know you had a <laughs> lot of bullying and just like just to enjoy video games yeah right and i and i feel like we relate to that mm-hmm. a lot because we had to go through that and the way that you performed as kate just felt raw emotional and real yeah. that it was incredibly uh relatable Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and I feel like that's why it attached to your character a lot. And of course, you know, the other characters, I'm not trying to discredit anybody's oh, no. performance yeah. on, on that, including the uh, pasta elitist himself. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Nick. OK, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, he was a fantastic character, too. Yeah. But this is about day and Hutton, Adam. <laughs> Don't get off topic. But um, it's OK. <laughs> but I, I do agree with you that I feel that Life is Strange, it, it, it has its pockets, right? Yeah. It has its uh, fandoms. That one, one takes it a lot more seriously, a lot more passionately, but others just take it to be this great emotional journey mm-hmm. that they went on and they appreciated it for what it was. Because I feel yeah. like that's how you took it. Yeah. Um, I don't think yet you're part of the Life is Strange fandom as in very strong cult-like yeah a construction but you were on this journey and, yeah uh would you say that that's true for you yeah because like it kind of matches up with the types of shows mm-hmm. i enjoy too where it's like i really enjoy like the drama and um just like thing like just things always happening and trying to figure it out and mm. just like just constantly worry i don't know why but it's like constantly worrying about something in in a tv show like i just love a good drama show yeah and it goes well with this with life is strange it's very dramatic yeah. and yeah. something's always happening something always <laughs> something they took al- like all the possible like worst case scenarios of adolescence and like yes. shoved them all into one game which is why i think it's like yeah it's hard to not find a character you relate to exactly like, yeah. i yeah. personally relate to max as like the awkward shy don't know what to do kind of person mm-hmm. um so there's there's someone for everyone to relate to i feel yeah. like yeah 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 i'm trying to think of like who i connected with a lot i don't know i i i, I kind of felt for more characters more than related for them that's um, yeah. true yeah i think because a lot of the main like big characters were female yeah but you did relate to them because you oh you just kept saying that max and chloe were exactly like me and lane yeah like you're like oh my god it's you and lane like yeah, all much. the time you kept saying it so you still were connected to the characters because they related to two people who are very important to you i related a lot to frank in some ways but you know that that's that's that, that stories you for really day. like beans yeah i do love beans actually <laughs> this is true i do like beans i think yeah i think that's like a really good um point that you make that you know even though a lot of the main characters are these females going through things um and i feel like a lot of guys are able to relate like if they have had been bullied or gone through similar Mm -hmm. things but even if you haven't 
Like you're saying, mm-hmm. even if you didn't personally see yourself as one of the characters, you still really felt for them and mm-hmm. sympathize and understand and be like, and, and like you say, like find people yeah. in the other characters who you care about, which is why I think it's such a cool game. Cause it's like, yeah. Hey, look, you can have these female characters going through emotional shit and even guys yeah. will relate. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And Dan, we don't curse on this podcast. That's strike number one for you. I'm just oh going to write that down. Oh, uh, Sorry, I don't even remember what I said. <laughs> <laughs> well, you I blacked are, out. Well, you, blacked you, out. you already have one strike, Dan. So okay. uh, five okay. strikes right. and Let's you're back on the podcast. Um, you can bleep it. You can bleep me. Uh, we're too lazy. Um, but yeah. that's the thing is that I, I, in terms of just the community, I, I feel like this would be the last point on the whole community jargon. I guess I'm trying to put out is that, <laughs> you know, this game, it does relate to a lot of females, the mm-hmm. LGBTQ community, but me being a white cis male, who's also a Christian, it, mm-hmm. I felt for these characters. Yeah. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm also left leaning, so uh, that's points off for me. Oops, but <laughs> you're but, so strange. But even with uh, my demographic, I, yeah. it reached to me, and I and I showed my Ooh. friends it. Like you gotta play Life is Strange. Yeah. Oh why? I because I said so, and I'll punch you in the throat if you don't. And All they right. played it, and they loved it. I haven't yeah. found a single person who's played Life is Strange and they didn't connect with it in some way. And Except I, that one time I showed episode two of season two to our friends. We're like, this is a great game. Watch this. And it was like we, the worst episode. We're not talking them. about rules right now. We're, we're talking about Dan <laughs> Hutton. Don't get, don't get off topic right now. I'm just right saying now. that there were two people we haven't gotten yet because yeah. they watched the worst thing. That's the worst true. One. None of them the worst ones. It's, it's a little differently. You know, don't burn the bridges of Life is Strange 2, people. Anyways, um, <laughs> but... Let, let, let's yeah. go on to uh, the ripple effect even further here, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and since we're talking about the effect of this, you know, building community and uh, affecting us personally. Now, talking about game development in of itself, mm-hmm. do we feel like Life is Strange had this ripple effect where it was more accepted that we can talk about real issues in the medium of video games? That doesn't have mm-hmm. to be shooty, shooty, bang, bang, pow, pow, doom. But Dan, what do you think? think so because i remember like when it first came out i was trying to read all the articles that came out about it and trying to like gauge like how is this game doing i have no idea about video games um Mm. and if that's something i saw a lot of articles writing about and and like we said before they didn't start this like the walking dead or telltale was doing Mm -hmm. this a little bit you know until dawn hit it you know like there were other games but but this one, it, I, I think, I don't know if it's like at the time it came out or, or what, but I think it definitely uh, opened the door for more mm-hmm. story-based, emotional, like, yeah. look, the cinematic. Yeah. I know at the time it was like fairly cinematic yeah. for mm-hmm. a bunch of video games that were out. Um, so... Uh, I, I do. I think it, it definitely didn't not affect things. Yeah. I can't say yeah. with like too much authority how much it did, but it definitely yeah. did something. Yeah, I yeah. feel like it like because kind of going off of what Dan said was that, yeah, you had Telltale, you had Until Dawn and things like that. But I feel like this is the first one that I've seen that it um, it dealt with 
just regular like it was like watching a regular tv show like i said mm. it reminds me of yeah. my regular drama shows like yeah it wasn't something upscale like until dawn where it's like not completely realistic yeah that would like a, that's like a horror genre yeah, like it's specifically like a movie whereas this dealt with real life things and that's why drama series are popular i feel because people are like oh i've been through that yeah or i've done this whereas no one's been haunted in the woods by their friend slash a monster right like, yes. you know like <laughs> yes yes whereas drama series like you've dealt with a suicidal friend or suicidal yeah. thoughts or missing your best friend or disconnecting from a best friend and yeah. getting someone back that you like things like that like a lot of people have dealt with that and i think this is one of the first games to deal with something that's real and almost like, almost like a tv show that you're mm -hmm. you're running the show now mm -hmm. to com combat your one point about uh you've never been chased down by monsters now here's the thing have you ever visited west virginia before no uh well, there's a many of monsters in West Virginia. I said haunted by your friend slash monster in the woods. Have you been to West Virginia? Oh, my goodness gracious. Andrew Orsi has been to West Virginia. <laughs> we'll ask him next time he's on the podcast. Yeah, it'll probably be. But like this isn't about soon. Andrew Orsi. This is about Dan Hutton. My goodness. Stay You're on topic, exhausting. Lizzie. <laughs> uh, but no, I do. As someone who's been into video games mm -hmm. since uh, the NES days. Uh, well, when I was a kid and I had an NES in 1995. Say, like, you you weren't around for the NES day. <laughs> Listen, I have a time machine. You don't know. Um, but I, I've been following uh, since I was a kid, right? Mm -hmm. And just to see this kind of game, because there have been story games like this, very similar to this in the past, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm trying to remember when That Dragon Cancer came out. And that was a very emotional uh, video game. I I want to say it's a little bit before or maybe a little bit after Life is Strange, but it didn't really hit like Life is Strange in mm -hmm. terms of consumer marketing, right? And I feel like this game really put that kind of projection of just saying you can do this and mm -hmm. people will accept it, right? Yeah. Uh, and I feel like a lot of people were scared to do that. In the same way, um, I believe Life is Strange came out in 2015, didn't it? Something like that. Something that makes me feel incredibly old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it came out December of 2014, maybe early 2015. Mm -hmm. You know yeah, what game? So that something like that sounds right. Yeah. You know what game also came out in 2015 was The Witcher 3. Mm. Came out in 2015, and that also led the charge of uh, RPGs. Yeah. Am mm. I saying that Life is Strange is equivalent to Witcher 3? Um. Yes, but uh, in a, in the same lights of leading a charge into yeah. a new era of gaming, right? Yeah. Whereas Witcher 3 led the charge into RPGs, and this mm -hmm. is the way RPGs are going to be made. Same thing with Life is Strange. You can make emotional, real, raw life issues in a video game, mm -hmm. and people will say, I'm in for it. I'm here for it. Yeah. You know? Uh, and and I think that development for games has changed for the long run yeah. because of this. And uh, now before we get into my next topic, we're about halfway through. So I'm going to give a chance for our uh, listeners to okay. answer some questions. I have two answers from social media. Oh, boy, everybody. Um, <laughs> you can follow us on. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Right. Thank you, Diane. You're, you're always a pleasure to have on. Um <laughs> 
You can follow us on Twitter at Gaming Groceries, or you can follow us on Instagram, Games and Groceries, all one word. Or you can follow us on that toxic wasteland of Facebook. Go ahead and do that if you want to hate yourself for that. Y'all are brave. Y'all are brave being on Facebook. I know. We even upload our videos to Facebook. I'm like, why not? And I'm just, ugh. ugh. Anyways, uh, so follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and I'll ask you a question. And the question I asked all of you is, how has Life is Strange affected you mm-hmm. personally, right? And first, I want to read the one answer I got from on Instagram from Volt Supreme, who actually designed the theme song to Games of Groceries, by the way. You should wow. definitely, yeah, I mean, really talented artist. Uh, yeah. Definitely check. I have his website in the description down below. But I said, how does it affect you personally? And I have two different kinds of answers. Volt Supreme says this. It was a fun game. One of my all-time favorites. That's about it, though. I don't think games have a great impact on my personal life. It affected my gaming life, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess as it definitely raised the bar in standard at a time when I was not expecting it. Fun times. I wish I could have played it all again for the first time. Oh, yes. I I know the feeling. So I I definitely feel for Volts where he's saying that it doesn't affect me personally. It won't take me into the long run, but yeah. erase the bar for what games can be mm-hmm. and his all-time right. favorites yeah. of all time. He didn't say one of. He, he said all-time favorite, I'm pretty sure. I'm going to misquote him there. But um, <laughs> Dan, what do you think of that? I think that's great. Like It just goes to what we were saying before of like, mm-hmm. even if it, you don't have a personal cathartic experience with it, like a seeing... I don't know, just going through something that the characters went through, Mm -hmm. you can still very much enjoy the game and very much be affected by it. Not in the same Mm -hmm. way, but like there's the people that have like a really emotional experience through the game. And then there's other people that just love the game and and that they're both so valid. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I, I definitely feel for him there because I'm not, an actually emotional person. I'm actually a robot in real life. Uh, But it is one of my all-time favorite games. I have explored uh, Life is Strange universe in many different facets, and Mm -hmm. I'll I'll go back to it uh, many different times, and it does affect me in the way of this is how gaming can be. Yeah. Uh, But I want to read Commander Nikki's topic on this, which is a different way. And it's interesting because it's praising this podcast, so I love it. Um, (laughs) At Commander Nikki on Twitter says, I know this podcast, Games of Groceries, uh, because of Life is Strange, which is crazy. Well, I know it because of the Greatest Story Ever Played podcast. Uh, Liked my Captain Spirit tweet way back then. But from there, I got to you. I'm like, oh, cool. Great. Uh, And nearly. Yeah, a little. Yeah, that, that, backstory you know, there of how they yeah. found you always super fun. Yeah, you know, like anyway, people find us, you know, whatever, man. Uh, in a back alley, who knows? Uh, and nearly all of the podcasts I listen to, <laughs> as regulars uh, as a, as their episodes appear. Also, it poured gasoline into the burning love for games, and I love that last That's name nice. there. Um, but yeah, with Commander Nikki, she actually found podcasts yeah. with Life is Strange. I want to build this community. I want yeah. to be involved. I want to talk about Life is Strange. Also, it okay. podcast. Yeah. yeah. And I think with this, we can break it down to we somebody some people play Life is Strange and they want to build a community. They want mm-hmm. to reach out to people like, did you feel something? Yeah, and connect they want to talk it. about it. They want to be like, oh my gosh. Damn, what do you think of this? Of of people wanting um, a community to talk about it with after? 
also how great our podcast is. But oh either one, goodness. whatever you great want to start shit. with. <laughs> Yeah. Um, incredible podcast. Ten out of ten would recommend. Oh, thank you. Uh, and then in terms of people, yeah, I mean, if you have a deep emotional experience mm-hmm. with a video game, yeah, like yeah. why? Of of course, you would want to talk about it. Yeah. yeah, and with 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 like-minded people. And what's so beautiful is, I think, because. Um, so many of the fans had this experience on like a personal, compassionate level. Yeah, mm-hmm. it built a more. I can't speak for the entirety of the fan base. I'm sure you know there's there's toxicity everywhere, but of course, it built a very compassionate community of people that care for each other and are very understanding yeah. and yeah. are very like. Uh, I, and I mean that it's hard to talk about this without tying it into to my stream community because i i built my stream community off the cornerstone of the life of strange yeah. community yeah because i started with playing the game and, and that's what people came to watch me see or to came <laughs> to watch me play yeah. words mm-hmm. i talk for a living it's fine um <laughs> uh but because of that and then and then because i w- was you know the voice of kate who goes through this huge mental health crisis in the game i began advocating for mental health and so on on my platform on my stream like we're very open and Mm. people Mm -hmm. come in and they say they had a shitty day and like five people will be like are you okay do you need to talk we're here for you like that is just yeah it's so nice and i'm i take it for granted i've realized because i just assume yeah. That the internet's gotten nicer. And then I, I'll like read stuff that other female streamers are tweeting that happens in their channels. And I'm like, oh, this doesn't happen ever yeah. in my yeah. channel. I've like created this like metal armor of like <laughs> kindness and compassion that trolls don't That's even like awesome. try to break through. And I'm like, I love it. This is great. And it's, and, and, and like I said, I contributed it to Life is Strange because mm-hmm. that's the fandom I like siphoned off. Yeah. Yeah. for my own work so it's yeah it's incredible now i do want to take some time for you to roll out the red carpet for you uh and i <laughs> and i will leave some links below but you are involved in some very good um incredible uh mental health uh communities and mm-hmm. as well as uh, some companies that do involve themselves so uh i wanted to take some time talk about the the in um Organizations, thank you, Adam. There you go. Good brain. Uh, the organizations that you're involved with that does deal with the mental health. Absolutely. So I'm a streaming ambassador for Take This, which is an organization that aims to end the stigma around mental health. Um, in the days of conventions, uh, they made sure that there were mental health panels. They had um, doctors and psychiatrists and professional mental health um, uh people that's not the word i wanted to use but it's all that's coming to me right now um they made sure they were on the mental health panels um they would provide provide afk rooms where people could go if they got overstimulated or overwhelmed and they're just these like nice quiet rooms with coloring books and soft music that you can just uh go to because i get overwhelmed at conventions Mm -hmm. um we raise money for them a few times a year. They have, I refer people all the time to their, re, they have a huge resource uh, page on their website of both free and pay for mental health resources, mm. um, like helplines all for all over the world. 
apps, um, therapist directories, all kinds of stuff. I refer people to it all the time and I've been using it trying to find um, like a online app counselor situation since I'm six mm. months into quarantine and like I maybe need a therapist again. Yeah. <laughs> Things are not good. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, I, they're the main, or I know there's other incredible organizations. Um, I donate uh, monthly to beam, which is the black emotional and mental health uh, organization um, that specifically works with black communities. Mm. And other than that, those are the only two I kind of uh, work with right now. Uh, there are a few I want to look more into, look more into, but but yeah, yeah, that's that's where I'm at right now. Definitely uh, send me any links that you would like me to put in this description. I definitely want to mm -hmm. uh, bring more light into these organizations yeah. Yeah. Uh, because you, you are doing great work, especially with Take This and, of course, Beam. Mm -hmm. uh, if you have the time, uh, listeners, uh, definitely take some time to look into these, uh, see if you want to get involved as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, thank you for doing this, honestly. Of course. I, I fell into it through Life is Strange, honestly, and I couldn't be happier that I did. Because it's, yeah. it's helped my awareness and my understanding and made me more aware and compassionate. And I've seen the need for like having a mental health positive space online. And I know there, I'm not claiming to be the only one that does it. There's mm -hmm. amazing yeah. other streamers that do it as well. And I'm just glad it's becoming more normal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now that actually jumps into like my next topic here uh as, as we're kind of wrapping up the show here uh news actually broke out that the team at don't nod is actually developing their own studio to work on new ips and a lot of people are saying like oh man does this mean the end of life is strange i want <laughs> i want to talk about why this is actually great news right mm -hmm. yeah. talk about the real ripple effect and We've talked about a little bit about the effects of us personally, the community, uh, even just being aware of this a whole mental health. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I was about to say debacle, and that sounds horrible. Not the right word. We'll just end <laughs> no. it with that. Um, the lack of awareness is a debacle. Yes. Lack of awareness is a debacle. <laughs> mental go. health is not a debacle, depending how <laughs> you define it. But why is this actually good news? That mm -hmm. Don't Not is making this. So, Diane, you actually went to Twitter and congratulated uh, Luke mm -hmm. and um, Michelle. Um, oh, Michelle. Yes. I am not go. French and I apologize. I know. I know. It's it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I only know I've met him, so I like know how to say his name. I'm like, we're good. I know. When um, I saw him in an interview. I would know from Gilmore Girls. <laughs> well, What's his true. name? Day that end. was Michelle. This is Michelle. Day ends time to talk, yeah. you know? Like, no, don't, don't, don't. <laughs> talk okay, we well, want you hush. Gilmore Girls <laughs> is fun. Gilmore Girls is awesome. Oh, hey, yeah, don't, don't talk about my lack of French knowledge, you know? But, <laughs> uh, but you did go to Twitter and congratulate the two. And uh, yeah, why is this actually good news? And Dan, I want to hear your take. Yeah, well, first of all, what I don't, I don't think people realize how big don't nod was already mm -hmm. um yeah. that there were separate teams working on separate games mm -hmm. all the time mm -hmm. um you know like clearly we had the life is strange team and then this, there's a different team that did tell me why and then a different team that's working on twin mirror so like it's a big company it's mm -hmm. bigger than you think um and the only reason i think people think it was small since uh 
Deck Nine did before the storm. But the only reason Deck Nine did before the storm is because the Don't Knock team was simultaneously working on Life is Strange 2. Oh. So they obviously didn't have the time. Yeah. Which yeah. I know because of Nick Apostolidis, who has told us when we've interviewed him on my podcast, Gaming and Gabbing, shameless plug. Oh, um, dang it, Dayan. <laughs> now they're going to go to your podcast. <laughs> I'll link that well, below, they're too. Both valid. They're both valid. Uh, yeah. He was recording his lines as Frank Bowers in Before the Storm at yeah. the same time he was recording Charles Erickson for Captain Spirit and Life is Strange 2. So those games are happening at the same time. That's why it went to a different studio. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, Luke and Michelle are the, like, you know, they're like the big producers and brains of the original Life is Strange. And don't you want to know what else they have to say? Yes. Like, how exciting is that? Yeah. And now they have their, like, a specific studio just for them where they're not working. You know, it's it just means Don't Nod's expanded even further. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Luke had been living in Montreal for a while. Um, and yeah. so now, obviously, Michelle is joining him. But, um, I mean, I you know, it doesn't necessarily mean the end of the Life is Strange world, but, and I know that's hard for people to, you know, they just want more of what mm-hmm. they really love. Of course. But these, these guys are great. You know, like, their messaging and their heart and their compassion's not changing. Yeah. It's just... And you can see we're gonna that. see some different yeah. stuff from them. Like maybe they're gonna do a horror game. I don't know. <laughs> Ooh, okay, Spooktober, we're here. Uh, yeah. And that's the thing. I like what you said. It's like um, we can see more from them. Yeah. And this gives them the opportunity to reach out to more. And I think the only reason why they got their own studio, yeah. is because of how the well. They- yeah. yeah. By the way, um, touching a little bit about your uh, Nick Apostolidis interview. Uh, one of my yeah. favorite episodes ever, just because um, oh, he's uh, a fantastic human. <laughs> I, I know he's so funny. Uh, just hearing about how he um choked himself in uh the Resident Evil Maybe, two. Yeah, that was a great out. story. <laughs> but I remember him talking about that. Um, well, not that, also that, but also uh when he said that he was recording for Frank Bowers and also um Erickson, um uh Chris Charles. Charles. Chris is the son. Chris is the son. Yeah, Charles Erickson, and he had to like play do different kinds of dynamics and that had to be difficult but um yeah so there's a lot more into development there but now they just have much more room to expand themselves Mm -hmm. and then we get more emotional storytelling and as i said before in terms of game developments yeah right uh now we got more opportunities that more games can be developed and accepted Mm -hmm. and that just reached out to more developers to say that you know what i want to do that too just yeah. like skateboard, skateboarding games are going to come back. Yeah. For sure. Because of Tony Hawk. <laughs> Anyways, uh, what are your thoughts about this? <laughs> no, I definitely agree that this is like just a great thing. For yeah. Don't Nod because um, like the end was saying, like they get to tell more of what's on their mind and what they want to like stories they want to tell. And you can see that they have more to say just from tell me why. And we're mm-hmm. still all very excited for Twin Mirrors. Yes. Twin, yeah. Twin Mirror. Just, whatever yeah thing. singular yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, one. that one yeah we, but like they have like like every time i see a trailer for any of those games i get so excited yeah so it's like i don't think it'll be the end of those types of games right it might be the end of life is strange it might not mm-hmm. but we're still we're not it's not the end of this this insane emotional storytelling that makes us all 
want to mm. just shake on me like, what are you doing to me? I know. <laughs> no, it is upsetting only only because it might be the end of the era. I think mm-hmm. they, they came out and said this, this doesn't mean that there won't be a Life is Strange 3. Yeah, it just means it's not their only focus. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think they made it clear it doesn't mean that. I am that. still yeah. waiting for the Hot Dog Man standalone game. Yes! I've told every single person that works at Don't Nod whose path I've come across Mm-hmm. That I am expecting a hot dog man game. And they're like, oh, but you have Mustard Party too. I'm like, no. No, that doesn't count. <laughs> I want a <full> game. <laughs> that, that's like saying, like, oh, when The Simpsons was on that one comedy show just for little shorts. Like, we're not asking for a short. We're looking for a whole 33 season show out of yeah. Hot Dog Man, okay? Yeah. Um, which, by the way, you you all need to be following uh, Luke on uh, Twitter because he's doing 365 oh, days so of Hot Dog I'm- Man. Oh my Honestly, goodness! I'm mad I didn't think of it first. I know. I'm like, oh, and the pictures so brilliant. of brilliant, pictures of the cat and reacting to it. But th- no, we're we're talking about Day and Hutton here. Quiet, Adam. Um, we're we're getting so off track. It's Day and Hutton. You are time. synonymous with Hot Dog Man at this point. You're good. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, no, and that's the thing is that it's it's fantastic for the uh, not just storytelling games, not just that, but also just games as a whole, because mm-hmm. now we can have more acceptance of that. Um, and I think it's a good time to go into closing thoughts here. Yeah. Closing thoughts. We, we don't have a little soundbite for that. We will soon. Um, uh, what? Patent pending. Now, uh, my final thoughts, closing thoughts for this is that. This is great. Now there is a ripple effect happening. We mm-hmm. we've spent now five years, well, uh, almost six years now, mm-hmm. in the terms of uh, Life is Strange releasing the very first one, yeah. and now we get more games coming out of it, more yeah. acceptance. We got this huge fan community on uh, on Twitter, the you know, yeah. Life is Strange fan club. Uh, and uh, there's a Discord channel for it. Uh, we had, of course, Mike Hetty on it, mm-hmm. and that community on the Discord is just way way out of proportion with how much love is on there and now we got dayanne who's doing her streams the ripple effect going into her career all because of this one game and we get acceptance out of all of this yeah you know and and i think that's just fantastic and more games are going to be releasing where where it's going to be this impactful Mm -hmm. and this uh i want to say this impactful but at the same time there are going to be people who are going to be inspired and say, I want to do that. Yeah. And I think that's just great for us who want more yeah. of these types of games that deal with real world issues. Yeah. Uh, Dan, closing thoughts. Um, I feel like, I don't know. We, I mean, we've, we've had some really great discussions here. I'm like, I, this is, I was just, yeah. Whatever comes to mind. Everything we've already said. Um, (laughs) I mean, uh, absolutely. Um, yeah. If a ripple effect in that way. Yeah, absolutely. There's just a wild kind of thing where it's, it's incredible that the fans, there's still people discovering it for the first time too. A lot of people come in my, my stream that are like i just played life is strange oh my god it's such a good game and yeah i think that's so cool that people mm-hmm. are still playing it for the first time and it's just it has such a life i didn't expect you know i didn't know what i was doing i was expecting yeah. this like game that like five people would see like i didn't know i didn't yeah. know what was going yeah. on um and it does every single person i've met through life is strange has mm-hmm. worked on life is strange such 
just good people. Mm-hmm. Like it just is one of those mm-hmm. uh, like beautiful little projects that attracted the best people. And I'm so grateful I'm even any part of it at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fantastic. I mean, like I said, uh, just your streams all together. Like you said, you have a metal armor to keep out trolls. Yeah. Just that effect that you had on the community yeah. is just ridiculously awesome. Yeah. You know, especially for like what you said, people being nice on the internet. What is it backwards what is then? That? <laughs> <laughs> um, Liz, uh, what about you? Closing thoughts? I'm kind of with Diana. It's like I don't know if there's really any closing thoughts to this. Like we've kind of talked about like every end of the spectrum of what this game has done. Yeah, and it's just. All I can say is that, like, for me personally, Mm -hmm. this game means, like, a lot to me and the whole community. Like, I consider it all, like, more of just don't know. Not even Life is Strange because even um, Tell Me Why had the same type of vibes on it. So it's just, I feel like it should just be renamed the Don't Nod community. Yeah. Because it's like, like, if this is the type of game that they're going to continue producing and this is, like, the only genre they stay in, which I'm not saying they have to. What about Vampire? I know. Oh, that's really I still have to play that. I have same. that. But that also, like, I feel like that was being made at the same time as Life is Strange. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, true. I, and I haven't looked to see, like, yeah. there's one, what's the, they had a game, Remember Me. Oh, yes. They did Way before. back in the 360 games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, they're finding that, I think they found their voice. Like, yeah. They were exactly. finding their voice. Like, and, like, they, they, I think they've got it. Yeah. Like, they kind yeah. of found their niche, like, oh, we're good at this. Yeah. So we're going to keep doing that. Um, So, but yeah, I mean, it's just ripple effects in the game and ripple effects in real life. It's all good. It's it's all good. (laughs) So no closing thoughts to this. So before we actually close out the show, I want to roll the red carpet twice for Dan Hunt. And double layered red carpet. I know it's, we got so many layers. You might as well say it's two ply, but (laughs) that's toilet paper. I know what I said. Dan. <laughs> um, so, like I said, your Twitch channel, you were also working. Last time we, we talked, you were working on a Scooby-Doo. Uh, I, I was about to say a remaster. I'm thinking about the Tony Hawk's remaster, and that just came to mind. Uh, fan project. And, um, yeah, uh, talk about anything that you're working on, projects, anything we should keep our eye on. What's going on in the world of Dan Hutton? Yeah, absolutely. So, like I said, I stream at Dabraham underscore Lincoln. It's D-A-Y-E. I am so close to 10,000 followers. I'm less than 100 away, and I cannot believe yeah. that at all. Get um, on that, people. I, yeah. I, uh, I also have a podcast with my friend and actress and streamer, Amber Plaster, called mm-hmm. Gaming and Gabbing, where we gab nonsense about games and also have really cool guests uh, that we interview uh and that's super fun we're on our second season now um the scooby-doo project you mentioned is a fan interpretation of a darker kind of supernatural uh esque version of scooby-doo and we uh fundraised earlier this year and then corona hit so we are just waiting patiently not so patiently um to be able to film it uh yeah. with regulations in LA it's not been doable yet Mm -hmm. which is sad because we were so ready to go but it's called mystery incorporated do look out for it um other than that I I think that that's 
those well, are the the main the main now, ones. Hold on. Let's go back to gaming and gabbing because you said season two, but you had a very important guest that you just revealed on season two. Who did you just have on your show? Uh, I'm trying. I'm like, which episodes are out? Because we've been recording them. Um, we had my very wonderful friend Stephen Chang on our podcast, who is the voice of Jesse mm-hmm. in The Last of Us Two, and he has no social media. So get at that podcast to learn anything about him. <laughs> I know that's why I was like, oh my goodness, that was a such a great find. I mean, uh, life is strange. Uh, my goodness last of us part two was such a controversial game uh and Mm. of course uh his character was uh you know kind of in the works there like do i like him do i not but guess what there's a person behind that character and you get to know him a little bit more through gaming and gabbing get on that it's another gng podcast so you'll love it yes we're the other gng podcast the other (laughs) gng I think we're the other GNG. You you guys are much more successful than us. Who knows? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dan, I guess the last question I have for you before we close out the show. Uh, favorite flavor of Cholula? Go. I didn't know there were other flavors. What? So this is I just would buy the normal. I did not I didn't know. I'm so <sighs> I now know and I'm gonna try them all. Well, I would say start yourself up now. What's your heat level? Like, do you like a lot of spice or just a little bit of spice? No, I'm I do like spicy, but I am pretty sensitive to it. So I'm like a mild kind of girl. Try the chili lime. Chili lime will probably be for you or the sweet garlic chili. That's okay. Okay. I love the sweet habanero, but that's got some heat to it. But I think you're going to like the chili lime. Tuck, Tuck this away. But also try the sweet habanero, of course. Oh, always. I'll try them all. I'll try them all. Yeah. I'll have like a tasting session. This will be great. And uh, report back to me, if you will. Thank you. Very I will. Much. I'll let you know which one's your favorite. But uh, for now, it's just the original. Thank you, Dayan. Once again, original Cholula lover here. But uh, it's always great to have you on, though. Like, such a fun blast. <sighs> Thank you so much for having me back. <laughs> no problem. Honestly, no problem. Uh, but yeah, uh, again. Anybody who's listening, anybody who's watching, definitely check out uh, Dayan's Twitch channel, Abraham Lincoln. I'll have those links to the organizations down below. They will be uh, in the forefront of the links. Definitely check out those organizations. And other than that, definitely follow us on the social medias, Twitter, Instagram, all of that. And we thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Remember, for the love of God, wear your mask. And we'll see you in the next one. (laughs) Peace. Bye.